and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can follow the podcast that on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Email the podcast, Frankfurt at gmail.com. And, of course, follow us on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash HEFPod for all the latest Eintracht information in the English language, all found in one spot. So, don't do this podcast alone. And uh, with me today is Roman in San Francisco. Hello, Roman. Hey, what's up? I'm actually not in San Francisco right now. I'm still in bad Fillable, but still, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's still San, going. I should have said, uh, San Francisco currently residing in bad Fillable. We have Chris in Detroit who will be joining us in just a jiffy once he gets the connection back working. I <laughs> uh, love, well, love modern technology and their technical difficulties. I think we might have him back in the game in just a few moments. But yeah. uh, Chris Well, it was Detroit, me welcome. last time. Uh, hey, happy to be here. Yet. Ah, he is. <laughs> there he is, Chris in Detroit. Uh, looks like we finally got that connection back and working. Can we blame the dog this week? No, blame the work from home wife stealing all the Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, just use the broom and hit the the ceiling <laughs> to give her the signal that hey, you need to jump off. Uh, podcasting is. Yeah. Uh, Takes priority. And feel free yeah. to turn off the, vi- the video. Our face, podcast listeners are not going to see it anyway. So if it if it helps. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes, that is true. That is true. Okay, guys. So we had a very fun weekend. Uh, Eintracht uh, faced off in the early, the early time slot against the reigning champions of Europe and Germany. That is uh, Bayern München. We played at the Allianz Arena. And promptly got thrashed. Well, let's be honest. Mm. Uh, there's no way you can paint this in too much of a positive. Let's be frank. So, what, didn't I didn't I say there are like two two outcomes of the game? Either it's going to be Lewandowski killing it at early stage, or we might have mm-hmm. a chance. And uh, yeah, I, I guess we all know which which version turned out to be the one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to be frank, I, I, when I was putting out my prediction, all I could think in my head was Lewandowski's on a real big roll later that later after we had recorded, uh, they ended up, uh, taking Atletico Madrid apart. Uh, I think that match ended up like what four nothing. And I thought, oh, they're just going to get kicked all over the pitch. Nope, that didn't happen. And so they came in to play us with that big head of steam. And we just got run over. Look, it happens uh, against a team like Bayern, who with everything that they have, they are just miles ahead of where the Eintracht is with the kind of talent that they have available to be placing on the pitch. And, you know, well, I think I've kind of, already said enough as is um it was uh i was excited to see at least one Concacaf player uh be playing in that uh lineup and he went down really early so i then was you know more to, only happy when <laughs> timmy chandler came on but let's look at it this way uh Lewandowski scores three goals 
you know, when he gets going, he's you just can't you can't really do all too much about uh, stopping that guy. Uh, they ended up being able to uh, go from this match to their Champions League match. <laughs> so they keep on playing midweek, uh, then weekend Bundesliga, midweek Champions League, midweek Bundesliga. You know, they went from strength to strength. Well, I mean, didn't have as good of a uh, production against uh, uh, Lokomotiv Moscow. And, uh, yeah, we've got all this time to rethink what we didn't do correctly. Uh, but I think that you can't look into it all too much. Um Eintracht was assisted by VAR and taken chalking off one goal. Uh, well, that kind of didn't help things all too much better. You know, uh, when we face these guys um, when, in an empty stadium, when uh, uh, Corona, the when we had come back from the Corona break, I was thinking that you know we might be able to nick one goal, might be able to nick another goal. We had a few opportunities, and sitting with some Bayern fans watching this match. They openly admitted that uh, we were exploiting to a degree some of the issues that is there with uh, Bayern, but you know we just didn't convert them. At the end of the day, uh, Kevin Trapp didn't exactly have the best of days. I know that uh, Chris in Detroit will try and uh, protect him just a little bit, but well, I mean, even just four nil. There's always it could that, have been just four nil. Iron thing, I mean, you know what? Once, once the dam breaks, once they, once they get one, you know it's only a matter of time before there's yeah. a second or more. And you can see that we had a little bit of possession early. We were a little creative, and then Lewandowski happened, and then Byron happened, and you knew even when it was one zero, two zero, there was no chance. It was just them doing what they do. Yeah, once once they have the first ball in, like you cannot. That's almost impossible to come back. I mean, the only thing you can try to do is usually withstand as much as possible, and by any luck, you know, kind of like what we had in the Dave Bipokal finale, you know, where you kind of like do just keep it up, but like running, like once they get going, they're just they're just gone. Unfortunately, yeah. Once um, a goal in the first ten minutes, um, you kind of thought, oh, you know what? I yeah. personally felt that. The Eintracht could uh, come back from that. But once the second goal happened in the 26th minute, I was very much of the mindset that unless we nicked one before the halftime, that the three me- that the three points were going to go to Bayern. We may- Look, it's not like as though Ari Hutter just sat on his ass and did nothing. You know, brought on Chandler and Yunus for Kamada and Zuber. Um, the Kamada, the- I did not see the Kamada hate train uh, ne- being as voice uh, vociferous as it uh, has been recently but you know when the third goal went in from Lewandowski and then they did the wholesale changes it very much was you know what Byron knows that this game is over they're just trying to save legs as much as they can and then Leroy Sané's wonder goal <laughs> Oy. and the fifth was oh god <laughs> mm-hmm. Look, we, we made the changes, and, you know, Torre was one of the players who looked, to me, he looked the best. He had the most amount of chances. Roda was, you know, doing the best that he could, but the dude just looked like he was just dead on his feet by the end of the 90 minutes. He just looked like he was going to keel over. 
normal, you know, Zuber had okay, looked okay. I thought, um, you know, uh, actually, DaCosta, I think, showed why we should probably keep him uh, long term, uh, despite the fact that it seems like there's just this constant bickering on who's going to get the playing time, whether it be Torre, DaCosta, Chandler. Because uh, eventually Kostic is going to be able to come back. You know, if Kostic was in there, you know, and I we'll get to uh, Tuta in his uh, starting debut for the Eintracht, which, woof, talk about a uh, kind of scary thing to have to deal with. Abraham was out, and I knew that we have talked about our defense as being our weak point, and I don't think that it is entirely down to the defense. I think it is just a matter of, when you go, when Bayern has the, I'll use a stereotype, when they are locked on, they when they have the bit between their teeth and they are focused in laser, like direction, like laser focused in, the, this sort of thing will happen. <sighs> it, it, it just is what it is. I've, mm-hmm. I've talked way too long on this, and I'm just going to shut up and let Roman and Chris, you Go guys ahead, can Roman. just uh, put your own uh, stamp of disapproval on this. Yeah, well, as, 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 I, as you guys know, I didn't really watch the game, <laughs> and I, did, I mean, I even took, I went to a friend's Lucky place. Lucky you. Yeah, we did an outside uh, um, trout um, smoking. So a friend of ours, he put out his smoking barrel from his grandfather, and we did a little bit of uh, uh, smoking session, um, fish smoking session. It's very important to mention, and uh, especially in California. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so I brought my iPad. I was like, okay, so maybe, you know, maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on. But then, like, you know, when, when the goal hit early stage, I put it in my... Uh, my uh, Eintracht FM radio and yeah I, I knew exactly there's a good reason I didn't watch the whole game or I didn't skip the <laughs> didn't skip the trout smoking for uh, for uh, for the soccer match and I was I was right and I'm sorry I can't really say about what's happening but then you know I was yeah I, 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 I also couldn't feel the vibe you know I, I think like uh, Bayern beating Milan before very strongly. You know they were just on a run. I don't think they were even too tired. Um, yeah, so I think we just had like no chance. Even though, like I said, I have I you didn't, didn't watch a, a single. I didn't even watch a summary or something. But um, yeah, it's just the typical. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I mean, I mean when when Brian, when you just mentioned a little bit, you know that there were maybe chances to come back after the one or maybe this was too much uh, wishful thinking. But uh, um, yeah, I mean Bayern is unfortunately this was not the performance that we had when we, you know, in the Diape Pokal semifinal. We, you know, we held them off. Sure, we conceded an early goal, but we held them to just that one goal. So that you still saw the glimmer of hope. And uh, I can recall uh, watching that with uh, my uh, Bayern friends. Uh, and they were just like, oh, we're pretty confident. And, you know, you had, as much as people hate him, Taylor Twelman was looking at it and saying, it's like, you know what? Uh, unless Bayern puts a second goal away, something's yeah. going to happen here. And then when we scored, suddenly you saw Bayern just kind of go into, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. We need to finish this, like, real quick. Sadly, it did happen. But it showed 
that they were extremely comfortable uh, with that one goal uh, lead. And I thought to myself, you know what? Keep it at one. We're getting a, a couple of chances here and there. Nothing too crazy. You know, we just need to catch them napping, get the goal right before the half, or just keep it at one nil at the half. But, you know, second goal from Lewandowski and a an, and goal on our part didn't occur. Uh well, we couldn't get the we couldn't get Hinteregger, uh to head one past Neuer. I mean, we can whinge about Dost just not you know running full pelt to try and put that tap in goal well, in. Instead, the, Neuer clears it off the line. <laughs> the but, obvious scoreline hey. comparison was the Super Cup <laughs> uh, that compares very closely on the scoreline, mm-hmm. but. We weren't that bad today, or I'm sorry, on Oof. Saturday. It wasn't a great performance, but Bayern was a more talented team. We showed up from time to time. Uh, we just couldn't execute in their end when we had our few chances. So I'm not entirely upset about this. It is kind of what we expected, you know, even if there was an extra goal or two there. I don't think anyone really thought we were going to go in there and handle control beyond the 40% we had either. So, yeah. Hmm. Sure. So, yeah, and, and I was, yeah, and I also think like, you know, with the weaknesses that we've seen before, you know, with our defense, you know, like how could that be solid suddenly against the Bayern offense? You know, I mean, like we've, we've complained, you know, against Bielefeld, against Cologne, uh, you know, that we're just, that we're just not consistent to not, uh, enough in the defense and, you know, expecting that suddenly uh, we become this strong defensive line um, against Bayern, you know, I think is, is um, yeah, I mean, it was maybe too much hope and they can't turn it off, right? I mean, how the holes, holes that we always create again, um, even against like teams like Cologne and Bielefeld and, you know, it's like those holes and and Hertha as well, right? Those holes, they're just used by the Bayern squad. You know, like, you know, like, yeah, like like donuts in a, in, in a I don't know, in a, in, a, in a cop police station. You know, <laughs> oh wow, that's a great analogy. But look, at the end of the day, um. The world's best uh, central striker, uh, center forward, uh, was on display. He got his three goals. And I'm pretty sure he's going to break Gerd Müller's uh, overall scoring record. Going to probably break the uh, single season scoring record. At this point in time, it's just a matter of, you know, if he stays healthy or not. And uh, as we've seen, as you know, Byron was able to uh, balance uh, this win, uh, make that... Uh, more than just, you know, just a one-off. You know, they def- defeated Atletico Madrid. Uh, well, you know, uh, they we, we showed that there are weaknesses with them, and it's just a matter of another team. Uh, you know, they still have to play Leipzig. They still have to play Dortmund uh, in the Bundesliga. They're going to have a cakewalk this week, let's be honest. Uh, Cologne, I, I don't see Cologne putting up really much of a fight. But I will say this much. Um, Bayern so long and if they start becoming unhealthy because I mentioned that you know they're playing 
game after game after game. So uh, we have our international break coming up uh, after the Stuttgart match. So two Bundesliga matches left for the Eintracht before the November international break. We'll see if that even happens. We've had that discussion already <laughs> in a previous podcast. They play the Bund- They play Cologne. They play Salzburg, who we played in the Europa League and the Champions League. And then they play Dortmund right before they go to their international break. Now, Dortmund's also in the Champions League, but... You know, that's a lot of matches for these guys. And eventually, you know, they're just they're just going to be run ragged. There's a lot of squad rotation. And if injuries pile up for them, though, like, despite the fact that they have been performing as well as they have been, you know, if you start losing guys and you're playing two matches a week, per week, you know, nonstop, they're going to be, once we return for the international break, you know, they got... Uh, Werder Bremen, then they have Champions League in Salzburg, and then they got Stuttgart, and then they got Champions League against Madrid, and then they got uh, Leipzig, and then they got Champions League against Moscow, and then Union, and then they got Wolfsburg in the midweek, and then they got Leverkusen, and then you got your DFA Bokal, and then you can finally, finally have a break. I mean, it's something that I... Uh, had a guest appearance on Talking Foosball, and they asked, how far can Eintracht go? And I said, you know what? It's entirely based on what the teens above who are playing, you know, two matches a week per week will be doing in the Europa League and the Champions League because that's going to have a draining effect, and we're going to see it um, over the next coming weeks. You know, Dortmund's going to be dropping points. Leipzig will be dropping points. Munich's going to be dropping points. Leverkusen, yeah, but we need, but, but we need to win against the Colognes and the Bielefelds, you know. So I mean, true. I'm I'm totally with you. Those are really four points that uh, you tack those onto us, and we're in the top four debate, and we're the only team who's pushing for uh, the big Champions League money that uh, isn't playing in it. Uh, yeah. The only other team that's as high up as... Well, there's two teams that are as high up as us in points tally, and that's Stuttgart and Werder Bremen, who we play in our next two matches. So, you know, everyone else is already in the Bundesliga table around us or above us is all play, is all in the Europa League and Champions League. So, yeah. so there's a lot so of stuff still to play. Guys out. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't belong into the, to the top part anyway. I mean, belong is a tough word, but, you know... <laughs> They don't deserve the top spot anyways, the first half. So, um, yeah, let's just take over that that role. Uh, but, yeah, but we got to perform on the spot, right? I mean, we can talk as much as we want if they, like, keep losing points against the easy ones. And uh, because, like, obviously mm-hmm. losing against Bayern is totally fine. That's okay. Nobody calculated those points uh, in, their, in their little exercise. Um, and the same probably with Leipzig and Dortmund. Maybe we do get one or two points out of those matches, out of the four to and fro. Well, we put ourselves in a hole now. We have to get those points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you never know, right? Yeah. Yes. But we need yeah. to win the, the stupid Bielefeld ones, you know? Like, they, those are the ones we cannot Alone. leave. You know, you can't come out Just, of that with a draw. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. But, hey, you know what? If we want to really pile on some misery... Uh, we got to look until into January to look at the teams that we really are going to have fun beating. And I'm talking about your Shaka Nofias or Shiza Nofia, as some people call them. Or uh, Shiza Nozix also. Clowns of Mainz. Each of the, those guys have, between the 10 Bundesliga matches that they have been in competition, they have, a guess how many points 
or Brian, you, you do know our record against mines recently, one, right? Uh, one point between those two guys. Yes, but you know, I mean, they're already those guys. Those guys did push. I'll mention this: uh, that they did push Gladback really hard, but Gladback was able to get a very late goal, which is kind of hilarious considering the fact that they've actually given up two late goals in their Champions League matches and have now had two draws when they had, you know, uh, the win like within their grasp, uh, their law, their draw with Real Madrid uh, yesterday was, you know, as a Bundesliga fan, I'm just like, Oh, come on dudes. Mm. And I kind of felt the same way when they were playing Inter Milan, but you know, <laughs> and I don't think mine's is as strong as they used to, you know, I think they really got the no, shits, you know, and they got the shits and we, we need to play them right now. You know, as the German saying, if you got shit on your foot, you got shit on your foot. And they got shit on their foot right now, right? So we got to make sure that they keep the shit on their foot. And then we're safe. To, to quote a certain Detroit uh, soccer pundit who Chris loathes. Uh, and, you know, exactly. If anyone has an idea of who I want to talk about, then uh, they'll know where I'm going. He sucks, by you the way. You can't just be a little pregnant. It's like either you're shit or you're not. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, we've kind of sort of deviating from um, the kind of Bayern match, but I wanted to uh, go back to it briefly because I wanted to talk about, since we were mentioning the defense, uh, Tuta and his uh, debut for the Eintracht and against a team like Bayern. You know, um, with all things considered, I think he did rather well. Uh, you know, his marking was well. You know, he did pretty good in his marking you know he was able to get back really quickly and once uh you know possession had changed real you know relative well it was just the way that it was you know i i thought that he uh showed some good traits and i look forward to the likes of him and indica and hinteregger becoming to me i think that they are that's the back three of the future and it's just a matter of getting indica who you know you know, the, he's been back in training just like Kostic. It's a, only a matter of time before Indica, Tuta, and Hinteregger are firmly established as to me. If we want to continue with the uh, uh, back three, I think that's the way to go in the future. Uh, what, are you, uh, Chris, I'll let you have a go at uh, your thoughts on his performance and should he be consi- like continue yeah. to get uh, playing time and... You know, do you think that this is the future of our defense, or do you think that we might so be changing I think things up? He and did more pretty well, considering that's probably the toughest league matchup on the road in Munich that you can debut in. I thought he was fine. You know, made some young mistakes, but he'll learn from those. Um, hmm. I don't recall where the link was, but I was reading this morning the potential of Abraham leaving. Uh, at the winter pause, and that's cause for concern. If if it's even remotely true, um, that means we need Tuta to grow Oof. up really quick and develop even mm. more speed. Um, as far as the backline system goes, I think that's going to be based on matchups strictly. We're still trying to figure out who we are in the midfield, and we can't necessarily rely on a back three until we really solidify our midfield system right now. So, 
Yeah. I would agree with that. Roman. Hmm. Yeah, I would I would agree. Your thoughts on I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Obviously I haven't seen him play, right? So but here's my thing, and I've mentioned that always uh, I've always mentioned this. I like to give young guns the chance, right? And maybe a game like Bayern, you know, is 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 a and of course, it's never really thankful uh, to start there. But it, you know, uh, w when you learn how to play against Lewandowski and 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 the likes, you know, I think it, it never hurts. And uh, I nobody told me it was his fault. Like we didn't lose because of him. So um, I would assume, you know, he did a solid job and something to build on. You know, and I I never I I hope I will never ever say that giving a young one a chance uh, um, uh, is bad. So that's why I think it was a good choice. Um, and yeah, with Abraham, we have to see. Um, yeah, I mean, there are the rumors, but the rumors have been last year as well, right? So um, if if they have a good substitute for Abraham at some point, uh, maybe it is Tuta, then maybe it's good. You know, let's let's have him get more play time, uh, increase experience, and uh, yeah. But either or, we need more people in our defense, right? I mean, Abraham is one thing. Haseb is not the youngest as well, by the way, right? So. Um, and I think we, yeah, like the, for me, the strength of our defense is Hinteregger. And even him is not, I mean, he's, he does a great performance, but the outstanding performance we see from his, while he was still on the loan. Uh, and, you know, we don't, and nothing bad about him, right? So, uh, uh, you know, but uh, there's, yeah. there's room for improvement on the whole defense side, right? And uh, yeah, giving Tuta a chance, I think, is a is a good is a good idea. But you know, there there's, in my view, the defense just is so weak. Is maybe the wrong word, but and I, I yeah, will there's, say there's that more action needed if in your the debut is against Bayern and you come out of it without any major major uh, disasters, exactly. that bodes well for for yeah. games against the rest of the league. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if I even look at the 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 kicker score, like the grade, so the so they what they basically say, and yeah, he's got a five point five. It's uh, with Ilisanka the worst the worst grade, but you know Hasebe a five, Hinteregger four point five, you know. So it's not you know it doesn't seem to be you know yeah solid bad against Bayern. I think this, but yeah, but here we go, right? At least it's something for the future. It is playtime, and as, as Chris, as you said, it's experience, and um, and that's what counts at the end, you know. Um, maybe he lo we lost this match, uh, but who knows how many matches we will win through the experience we made. I agree. I think uh, it's a matter of we'll see with Abraham in regards to whether he stays uh, for the end of the season or goes for me i kind of look at uh his exit as this is coming and it's coming in the in the months not years and we have to uh plan accordingly and i think hasebe does have another season at least in the tank i think it's mostly down to the sheer like determination of the player and his diet and exercise routine as something that he's uh, that has allowed him to 
until recently, you know, uh, be a fixture on the Japanese national team, him being that kind of linchpin in, you know, the deep line midfield, and now he's moved back into central defense. I think he is going to stick around, uh, but he's going to become more of a Marco Ruiz kind of guy in the locker room, uh, the changing room. I think he's going to become more of that guy who's able to help Tuta and Indica kind of adapt their games. And, uh, I mean, so that Hinteregger can kind of do what Hinty does, (laughs) (laughs) which is, (laughs) which is score goals, uh, for the, for a defenseman. And here's hoping the not too many own goals in our near future. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I still can't get over that one where he just kind of bungled it in, but you know what? Love, love Hinty way too much to be way too critical of him. Um, we kind of hinted on Indiga and his return, but uh, I'm really more excited for the fact that Kostic, I mean, now I still think that he won't make his return until after the international break, but, I mean, the very moment that he replaces Zuber uh, out on the left, and if you want to put Eunice in, the start, in a starting role, I mean, that is a... Uh, I just kind of like anxiously waiting for that to happen because you put him out there against a Bremen, against Stuttgart. That is a kind of uh, attacking threat that we've really been missing. And I look back to the Cologne match and thinking to myself, you know, if we had Kostic, I think we would have gotten the, I think we would have gotten all three points in that match. Uh, there's no doubt in my, in my brain that we would have been able to, put him in there and we would have got the full points okay sure we didn't get it against a bielefeld but not gonna lie uh bielefeld has since basically just been playing non-stop like you know 10 11 persons behind the ball and you know at first match of the season we come up against someone like that uh who can at least hurt us in return because you know what yeah. was it was it 1860, I mean, they sort of threatened us, but not really. And I think that was a real proper wake-up call. And I do think that, you know, like I said, uh, the, two, the two points dropped to Cologne would not have happened if Kostic was there because we would have gotten a second goal. Uh, somewhere, whether it would have been in the first half or the second half, I think we would have had a, a greater clear-cut opportunity to have gotten that second goal, gotten that winning goal. But, you know, hey, we're, we do what we do, <laughs> which is be the moody diva. Yeah, but, but it kind of shows like some deficits, you know. And there's a difference, I think, between typical, uh, let's say, ah, oh, well, we did make it or just annoying or, you know, well, they, uh, it wasn't in that day, you know. I think it just shows two big deficits, right? And and this is something we, we need to control, right? And number deficit number one is the creativity on the attacking side right like if we need to grind down a team we need to be able to create more chances right not even saying score right but like even against Bielefeld and um and and um uh Cologne right like our chances were just so bad you know like so little um and that's what we need to do need to do right like if the ball doesn't go in and we kind of even lose whatever by a stupid chance you know like um I don't care, but like this miss of creativity that's what in, in the offense side, that kind of what, what disturbs me and what needs to be worked with. And the other thing is just like in the defense, you know, the, the holes that every opponent can poke, right? And uh, 
yeah, and and that's and, and that's what these two games showed, and that's what I wish, I hope they they work on, and we can turn off because otherwise um, we're going to play the same. You know, it's predictive. You know, unless we are like fortunate for like a um, a penalty or something. You know, that's I know what, we're going to get into we it. We'll witness more often. Sorry, I I know we're going to get yeah, into but it. If we do, get we're going to have a preview so score. for the next one, but it's really going to be a put up or shut up as far as our as far as our tactics and finding out who we really are uh, to Roman's point, we haven't mm. established that. And that's the direction we need to head. Mm-hmm. We're solidly into the season. Now, what is it going to mean? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think that's kind of hard to uh, <clears throat> not, not fully agree with that. And I think that this will, when we get to vertebrament, I will admit uh, this is not going to be the same vertebrae that we faced uh, in the Pokal and the Bundesliga uh, last season. They're a little bit, a um, little bit better, but uh, we've kind of waxed poetically and criticized plenty uh, so far. So let's get let's end segment one on a high note, and it's everyone's favorite segment buster. It is <laughs> hashtag What are we drinking? Roman and Batfilbul. Uh, as opposed to good favor, uh, what you got? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to be boring today. Um, I'm, I'm not having nothing <laughs> too particular. Well, I'm having green tea, so uh, oh, really, uh, really boring uh, and water and mineral water, right? So carbonated mineral water, what we drink in Germany, and of course the bad filbel and uh, some green tea. So boring. So it's bad filbel water, yes? <laughs> not the water that no. you said you'd no, get. No, that's still the cheap shit. <laughs> I'm gonna next next time yeah, I'm, I'm gonna purposely buy a bed filled with water and I'm gonna have it uh, have it here for what are we drinking when I when I do water again good old Hasia if I can do some advertising without getting paid <laughs> or but exactly. Urquelle so to say if you like a better German word combination Chris you've always got some um, good ones and uh, some good beers do come out and wine of course uh, also comes out we the, drink a lot here the Mich- <laughs> Detroit greater Michigan kind of region there's a lot well it gets, blood- it well, gets cold you know up what? there and On how else note, it, it is warm? cold it is windy um, I'm drinking some stale <laughs> coffee with peanut butter screwball whiskey because I'm halfway into my endless work day I hope my boss isn't listening but I'm having whiskey with lunch because that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough on that. All right. So uh, I've kind of been drinking all my Marzins uh, out, but uh, for the first time in a long time, I'm kind of changing things up just a little bit. So uh, I recently got a bottle of this stuff from my local uh, shop. Um, for those people who are the hockey fans amongst us and uh, pay attention to barstool sports at all, um, there's this drink out there that uh, one of the guys created on the Spit and Shekels podcast called Pink Whitney in connection with New Amsterdam Vodka. And it is pretty good. I'm not the biggest vodka drinker, but this um, <clears throat> this uh, pink lemonade flavored vodka, it's, uh, it goes down pretty well. So Pink Whitney, if you're able to get a hold of it, give it a go. Uh, they come in the small bottles, like little shooters as well. So, you know, 
but I kind of went on the big one, and it's already halfway gone. Not not just like good sitting, disclaimer. Not just from today. <laughs> granted, <laughs> should specify that just a tiny bit. So, yeah, <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> I haven't been drinking all day. Uh, <laughs> anyways, that's gonna wrap it up for hashtag What Are We Drinking? We'll be back segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt talking all things uh, preview of the Robert Bremen match. We'll also be taking a look at uh, what is going out. Elsewise, further down the uh, German soccer or foosball pyramid, as we kind of think of who might be joining the Eintracht uh, come next season in the Bundesliga. So stay with. Second two, hey Eintracht Frankfurt, talking all things Eintracht and a little bit more on the side. So um, it, I will reiterate the confirmation that um, there are going to be no uh, fans being uh, in at the Vodstadion uh, when Eintracht takes on Werder Bremen. Sad, but you know, after with COVID cases rising. Uh, it's, it's look, it's the responsible thing to do. Roman, um, to get more of a kind of on-site uh, idea of how things are going, uh, can you elaborate a little bit on the current uh, status of the uh, this pandemic that still is wreaking havoc all over Europe, despite the fact that Germany has done a lot of measures that most people look at and say, wow, they're doing so much better than the rest of us. Yeah, but at the end, the, vir- the virus does what a virus does. It spreads around. It tries to find a new host. It tries to grow. And uh, and so it does in Germany, um, obviously, as well. Um, I, yeah, okay. So we always got to be pa- got to be careful with what you talk, because obviously there are so many um, um, different opinions on it. And, of course, there's no right or wrong. That's the, the big question. I mean, you got to take it seriously. That's the only thing that's not wrong or never wrong mm-hmm. uh but like how to handle it you know it's um that's a toughie right and i'm usually like i'm i'm not a biggest fan of you know of, of the whole you know um kind of i don't know i mean in the very very beginning when we started our podcast on on the corona virus right we talked about this how the hell are they supposed to play bundesliga soccer with the virus going around and um, I was proven wrong during the summer, and now it's kind of coming back. And while I, I, I think there are no no proof of how the virus spreads among a few spectators in a big giant outside stadium, um, I it, it spreads probably faster within the teams than uh, on the stands. Um, but we will, we will. I mean, we will see. I mean, I totally get it that that the government doesn't want. You know, people to to you know group together and and watch and spectate a sports game. While on the other hand, people have to stay home and um, you know and and while maybe elderly or um, sick people are you know in fear. You know, you can't. But then the question is, what is respect and like how, what justifies you know certain things? But yeah, anyways, let's not get political here. Um, 
it, it, I think it will just get worse, right? The winter, now winter starts in Germany, people are more inside, um, bar, like young people, you know, obviously they meet, they meet in school, they meet outside, um, grown-ups do too, work-wise, um, people still go to shops and restaurants are still open so far, I think they might think about closing them, so I don't know, it's just weird. But, uh, but definitely there will be no spectators in Germany in the whole month of November during for the Bundesliga. This, I think, I'm pretty sure. At a local level, for the local foosball, the, the Hessian Liga, has that also been put to a halt? So, uh, so far, it's still... still I think it's still too, limited to 100 people. Um, mm -hmm. But who knows? I mean, like, today... Isn't that how many folks usually are there, Roman? I think, I think it's a little bit... Yeah, roughly. For <laughs> this way, they won't have a long waiting line. Uh, and I think many will just not go anyways right because like also there are lots of elder many elderly people who who watch these games um i think i'm i hope i'm going to be able to watch one of the games i need to check when next time when bad Fiddle is playing but uh things are changing so quickly right and right now the whole atmosphere is about more closing down stuff than opening up you know like in the summer it was more like okay what can we open up what can we start start uh and, and now it's just the opposite, you know, what can we close and what do we need to close? And, and uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially next week after the election. I think there'll be many changes in both ways, you know, either or whoever wins. But people are so fragile with moves right now and what to do. Obviously, I would, I would like if I were to be reelected in a week, I would not do bold moves right now, right? Is they might if is they're doing them right now all over Europe? Yeah, it uh, doesn't make me happy to kind of hear these kind of news. And you know what? At this point in time, I think look, whatever keeps people safe keeps yeah. people like you know whatever keeps the casualty list down. And my family of late has you know it's it's been it's hit us as well. So. It, uh, it's something that I think affects all of us, and we hope that uh, fans will. We hope that the cases will come down again because people will take it seriously. And mm. uh, here's hoping that everyone who's an Eintracht fan, whether if you go out to an establishment to watch the Bundesliga, to watch the Eintracht, to watch Eintracht versus Werder Bremen, be smart about it. Yeah, that's I, think that's, I think well, that's. I think that's the secret word. People have to be smart, right? And when you are, and and you and the the more you are in connection with elderly or sick, uh, or predisposed people, you know, like, um, be as smart as you can, and uh, and and try to limit wherever you can, right? Um, and I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what we got to do. Be smart about it. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So. Uh, in case anyone is wondering what's been going on in the Hessian Liga, um, the team who won it most recently uh, was uh, uh, Kassel. So they were able to get promoted into the regional Liga. A uh, big old mess that that thing is because uh, there's still the case out there for uh, Schweinfurt or the Turkuchu München. That's, that's a big old mess. But anyways... Uh, we're glad that, you know, some matches are being played. And here's hoping that Bedfobo will, you know, be able to figure out what it what it takes to be able to move up the table. Because at be the present time, that promotion looks very unlikely, I think, man. 
<laughs> yeah, well, promotion, we don't talk about this. Now. We need to fight relegation here, you know. But uh, but yeah, this mm. is not the Bad Fibble, the FR Bad Fibble podcast. Uh, but, no. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, the big, t- the, the, look, the big fish from there has been promoted. And we'll kind of go into uh, what's, what the Bundesliga table currently looks like. Um, currently in first is Leipzig, still unbeaten. And so they have 13 points while Minchin and Dortmund both sitting on 12 and then there's a three-point gap to leverkusen on nine and then there's a hodgepodge a four-team uh jumble of stuttgart gladbach bremen and frankfurt all on eight points and then trickle down effect and then there's kind of a drop uh kind of like as you go one point down there's a couple teams one point down another couple teams uh, 14th is where Bielefeld is. Uh, uh, the one draw against us and their win against Cologne gives them four points on the season, so it has them on 14th. Hertha Berlin still stuck on one victory in four uh, defeats. The one victory being against Werder Bremen, a 3-1 victory. So uh, here's hoping that we get that. And then you got Cologne on two points, one for Schalke and none for Mainz. Not going to lie, that's... For the teams at the bottom, that is pretty yeah. rough going. And, you know, even if Cologne was on one point, that doesn't really – it's just – it's so bad. It's so bad <laughs> down there. Uh, before we kind of move on, any thoughts on the Bundesliga uh, as a whole, uh, just kind of where we're at in the season? Because, look, yeah, sure, it's only five matches in, but and things uh, can change, you know. We know this. There's 29 matches still left to go, you know, and for the teams playing in Europe, and when I say that, that means Hoffenheim and uh, Leverkusen, who are par- participating in Europe. The Leverkusen kind of uh, showed pretty good stuff against a league side and went in their victory, and Dortmund has, well, uh, their first Champions League game, game was pretty shit. Munchen Gladbach has had a two misses. Munich has done pretty well. Leipzig looks pretty good too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, no um, one's jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, the season no is still. I would say it's still early, right? I mean, like uh, Leipzig mm-hmm. is kind of interesting because there's like no talk about uh, you know how uh, how solid they've played so far, and nobody is like saying, "Oh, they're going to be." The new, I mean, everyone is talking about Dortmund and Bayern right now, and Leipzig is kind of like under under the radar, uh, which I'm happy about. But also, you know, I don't know if Dortmund is always tough because they always talk about how they want to get rid of Favre, which I'm like, you guys are just fucking crazy. You know what? It's like they really, they well, really, look, if they, they the, really uh, have problems. The Klopp era, when they had their two titles, the their points tally didn't even crack 80 points, and yet, you know. They've actually been earning more points per match under Favre, and yeah. they're more they're more pissed at him because they're like, oh, but we're not winning the Bundesliga. Well, no shit. When you got a team like Bayern who's putting yeah. up eighty plus, ninety plus points in the context of the entire flipping season, it's more about making sure it's more about everyone else taking points off of Bayern than necessarily you know, mm. you know, yours where think they had a what was it last year a draw and then they got beat or was it no it was two losses they picked up zero points against Bayern you know last year and that's why the championship went to them in the previous season you know 
And they always uh, think that uh, the next coach will solve all the problems, you know. And they've always done it with Peter Bosch, you know, mm. and, and even with Favre, you know, they always like they get rid of the old coach, not for bad performance, but for their own expectations, which are just too high or too, uh, unful too unfulfillable, so to say. And then they just, it's the same shit all over. And, and of course, and here's the, here's the tough thing about it. As a coach, you cannot work professionally if you don't feel being backed by everyone, right? So all the weakness, so uh -huh. to say, that you can say is shown by, by Dortmund is, I would say, self-inflicted. Right, it's the backstabbing um, from uh, from from the whole uh, area around Dortmund that kind of makes the coach and the team weaker and gives lame excuses for the team if they yes. do not perform or whatever. Right, and that's what I think is the worst. Well, I look at it, I look at Agreed. Dortmund Chris. as you know obviously the second highest performing club in the last decade here, um, but yet they let the second leading yeah. score of the last decade in Aubameyang leave. And if you want to win the title, that's not the kind of talent mm -hmm. that you're running out of town. You're doing everything you can to hold that if you truly want to win. Exactly. So, like Roman said, it's self-inflicted. Whether it's, you know, Klopp or any of the on-pitch talent, don't let the good things go when you have them. They may never come mm -hmm. back. Yeah. And then if you that, do yeah. do this, right, because you can't keep those guys, which is also okay, right, if you have to take the 100 million bucks off the table, but then don't complain that the coach doesn't, um, you know, put in the, the, the best team of the, of, of the, of the century uh, or um, of, of Europe. On, on, uh, on the Nobody's going to look into beating Bayern in the table. The only way you're going to beat them is to accumulate talent and hold on to it. So you're going to be a seller and be stable financially, or you're going yeah. to take a shot once or twice in so many years to match them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that they've acquired the talent, like in terms of like the old heads that they need to be able to do that. And like they played Schalke, they beat them three nil and Dortmund fans were complaining, and all I can think in my head was, you know what? If we had beaten Darmstadt 3-0, we would have been over the fucking moon. If we beat Mainz 3-0, I know that I will be over the fucking moon. <laughs> but, you know, you beat Schalke 3-0, your most hated rival. The You know, you work alongside those Schalke fans, and you're like, you're saying to them, and you know, understandable that Schalke is really undergoing like one of the wor worst spells of a Bundesliga club. They have gone more matches without a win than any club since, uh, I think it was called uh, Tennis Borussia uh, Berlin, or was it Tasmania Berlin? One of those two mm. had a stupidly bad run back in the day. I think it was in the 60s, maybe early 70s. I heard it. I heard that stat thrown out somewhere. But they're they're just, I think that they have this uh, glorified image of what Klopp was and what he was able to achieve. And yet Favre is able to get, has got, you know, uh, a really good way of playing. And he has proven it at multiple clubs that he's able to succeed. And they're not happy because a Bayern team is just able to beat everyone else other than them mm. more often. And it just, it's very discouraging when you see them then go to Italy and lose 3-1 in the Champions League 
you know, that obviously threw out a lot of people wondering, are they going to be able to do it? And, you know, they play Zenit uh, literally in like hours <laughs> as we record and who knows what the hell they'll do. It's a question of what are they going to do on Halloween day when they face up against Armenia Bielefeld. They'll be at the same time as Eintracht versus Bremen, but you got to kind of wonder, you know, they got Zenit uh, who don't have their top striker. It's a really difficult team to play against, though it's not. Currently, uh, from what one person has told me, it's not su- that super cold vortex that Russia kind of turns into in like, you know, uh, November. So it's at least manageable. You got Bielefeld and the Bundesliga, and then you got Brugge uh, from Belgium, and then you got, you know, Munich. Really, right now for them, this is the moment where they can uh, prove that, yes, we're going to be fighting it out for the title, or, you know, we're going to be looking at Bayern and thinking, well, it's better the U than Leipzig. Cause that's, that's what we're almost looking at. And Julian Nagelsmann takes on Manchester United. And that team is, Leipzig's going to come away with a victory mm. in that. And they're going to, everyone is going to be taking note. And, you know, that's the coach that Dortmund wanted and yet they didn't get. And now they have Favre and they're complaining about it. I, I, there's no there's no helping this big Bundesliga club, but how about we think glor- glowingly about who might get promoted to the Bundesliga? Because there's a lot of teams that we like, a lot of teams we don't like who are further down the table. Let's go a division below. And, and uh, there are teams yeah, we don't some- like, but we kind of respect and wouldn't mind if they come back yes. up. Exactly. <laughs> guess who? Take a guess, guys, at who is at the top of the Zweiteliga standings. Well, nobody would have ever guessed that one. That's a rare Surprise me. I haven't looked. Occasion. <laughs> okay. Hamburg. Ah, as well. Yeah. 15 points You're from long. five matches played. Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But here's my the theory about Hamburg. Dinosaurs are back. Yeah. So, so Hamburg... Is always like the funny. And I don't inj- mind the fact that the dinosaurs might return. I think that we have really missed out on them being a part of the Bundesliga because that's three to five thousand traveling fans per every single match. And what are you going to replace them with? You know, the two hundred that show up from Augsburg or Wolfsburg? No, thanks. No, they're good for the league. Yeah, I would agree. But that's me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We we need them back, and I mean they're not. You can get rid of the word dinosaurs. That's done and dusted, right? They're going to be, they're going to come back, and they're going to be young as a little chicken. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad they're coming back. But I don't see the thing is with Hamburg is, it's not yet. It's the typical thing. They usually start well in the season, and then they then the good old Hamburg thinking comes through, which means they think they're unbeatable. They think they're the coolest people in the world. Now they're going to start partying again on the Reeperbahn and they think they are the best best team in Europe and that's usually when it sucks, right? So the coach got them really well under control and uh, kind of like lowering expectations and keeping uh, keeping their minds sharp. The problem is with Hamburg and that has been the problem the last 10 years, the minute they think or they understand that they have a chance, they over overdo it. You know, they they have a very high arrogance uh, in, in general. You know, even when you go to the city, the city of Hamburg, people believe that Hamburg is the best city in the world, 
right? And they say it every day. You listen to the radio stations, the local radio stations, and basically they say, hey, this is Radio Hamburg, blah, 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 the best city in the world. You know, they, that's the typical Hamburg thinking. They believe they are, they live in the best place on earth. Surprise, it's not, right? And uh, it's just raining all the time. Um, there are few, anyways. Hashtag Roman, right? And, and that's their problem. Yeah, and what? But once once they get uh, once they get going, once they get the typical Hamburg arrogance uh, started again, that's when they will um, start losing, and then they get nervous, and then we'll well, that's exactly how they Hamburg got they got relegated too. They they you know yeah, struggled, and then the they same. said, "Oh, we're safe, we're safe," and then a couple weeks later, they're going down again. Roman, not gonna lie, we need to have a siren for when you and I have a rant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it gets too easy into that, especially with these topics. And that's why I'm like, I mean, I hope that Hamburg comes back up, right? Don't get me wrong. Um, I think, and I'm here, Vinyl I'm Brian, with you. Of the I, that's a huge stadium. Exactly. There's a lot of traveling fans. Yeah. yeah, and I love going to Hamburg. Uh, there's a very good, uh, the Bembel Bar, um, the out the away bar that uh, is in Hamburg is like um, legendary, I would say. You know, Jolly Rogers. Uh, for away games in Hamburg, you know, that's, yeah, that's epic, I would even say. So it's a, a travel worth, uh, a game worth the travel. Uh, so I really want them back up. I just fear that they just fuck it up like every other time. Even though I have to admit, I like the new coach that they have, uh, Tjerner, or I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I think Tjerner. And I think he maybe, he's, I think, the right person for that mission. Um, and... I hope he can control them because, like, if they win two more times, I'm telling you, they're going to start freaking out again. Another advantage, actually, for them is that they do not play with the supporters because they are the one that drive this insane um, uh, arrogance or, you know, like the the certainty, like we're the best, we're the coolest. Yes. So without the supporters, maybe they can focus on having the better players and uh, playing the better games. Um, which I always, which I believe they had the past five years, right? I mean, they should have been uh, promoted, agreed, and or not relegated. Long, yeah, long since should have been promoted. Uh, this third season in the Zweitliga is just you're just kind of like this is a real anomaly. But then again, you also have you know some other rather decently sized uh, clubs that are in there that will be in there with a shout. I think all season long, and. Uh, that is Hanover Zaxenoiches. You know, I think that <laughs> I think that uh, the Saxony. I guess that's the lower. Is that lower Saxony? I can't remember if that's Saxony or lower Saxony, Roman. Uh, lower Saxony. Yeah, Saxony is okay, in, the, so, in, in the eastern part. That would be Dresden. Right, 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 right. Okay, so the lower Saxony uh, club of Hanover, I think, is you know we. <laughs> There's, there's a bit of me that kind of misses, you know, being able to laugh about Martin Kind and yeah. the shenanigans at Hanover. Yeah. And when they're in the second division, it's a shame that they're not there because that's a – when fans – look, I anticipate that for the 2021-2022 season of the Bundesliga, you're going to have fans back in numbers. And if you have Hanover and Hotesvall – back and you've got the fans who are there it's not like it's a dusseldorf where they play at a big stadium but they're only attracting like 35 mm -hmm. 40, fans and 
selling it out only for Cologne and Gladbach and Bayern and Dortmund uh, when it's like what fifty five thousand something 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 along those lines, you know, and you are able to have a pretty much usually full forty nine thousand seater uh, Hanover. You got a pretty much full fifty plus thousand seater in Hamburg. You know, kind of want those guys to return. Nothing mm-hmm. against you know the likes of Holstein Kiel, who is currently in second place on ten points. I mean. When they were in the relegation uh, promotion playoff, folks were talking about how they would have to play in Hamburg because their state wouldn't be able to get a license. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not with you on Hanover. I think Hanover can stay down. If it's up to me, I don't like him. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I just don't like the team. And I mean, they, they came up to the Bundesliga while uh, the chancellor was from Hanover. You know, so it was kind of like, mm. like, you know, um, kind of a pet project. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that it was a pet pet project of the former Chancellor Schröder, but, you know, it was like the whole Hanover vibe, you know, like the whole industrial people that kind of like grew this, I don't know. I, there's at least one good thing about Hanover that I, I can mention and I can wax poetically about. And oh, there's only the one good ball. thing about Hanover? Yeah, actually, the yes. only good thing about Hanover is the is the train station, right? And that's just because it leads straight to Bremen or Hamburg. <laughs> Right? I think Chris thing, already knows you know? where I'm going with this. Uh, w- the one good thing in Hanover. You want to fill? No, you got in, it, Chris. I'm not touching it. Yeah, the Scorpions. Come on, Roman. I mean, oh, oh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, fantastic yeah, podcast, but <laughs> yeah, you know. Okay, so just to clear the air, I thought you were going to sing. Probably like, what the hell are you guys on about? Uh, yeah, so. The, this time for uh, Wind of so Change. There's here. this famous song by the Scorpions called Winds of Change. And there was a podcast that got put out about it uh, because there was this New Yorker investigative journalist who heard a rumor from a uh, member, uh, a former member of the, C- uh, uh, yeah, the CIA, who said that uh, the song Winds of Change uh, had, you know, been promoted, been put out actually by the cia and so they went to all these people started talking to uh all these folks from the cia and like no this is something the some of the subtle stuff that the cia would do back in the day to try and do whatever they could to undermine the ussr but when it came down to uh them actually interviewing uh the lead singer from the scorpions oh god i'm uh now blanking on his and uh, name uh, <laughs> God help me out here uh, Scorpion singer and uh, I forgot huh? his name now put me on the spot yeah it's, yeah exactly uh, thinking like uh, there you go Klaus, Klaus Mina yeah there we exactly. go I got I got there in the end <laughs> and uh, so they sat down with Klaus and he, they tell him the story of and like you know the rumors of it and klaus is like just kind of entranced by this and just thinking oh wow wow really oh wow really he never well, totally I mean, denied it you know i he 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 denied it he also was able to point out that you know i mean i wrote down the lyrics to the song and you know it's dated and he then turned it into a museum where they are on currently on display and you know kind of killed that little vibe 
but you know at least in terms of the writing of it definitely was it sounds like it was more on him but, but americans like a good conspiracy I mean, theory I'm going so. out of, Oh, think, it's yeah. a it's a lovely conspiracy theory, and yet in R- Russia they're like, oh no no no, this is something that the governments, <laughs> of course, would come out with. But anyways, Roman, you're probably just like your ears blown back by the idea that when the change, you know, was written by the CIA. But anyways, you know, it's a. It's I a, think it was, if if a, a song, song was written by the CIA, listens to it. If a song was written by the CIA, it would be David Hasselhoff looking for freedom. But you know, that would be uh, oh god, that would be that would be. I would say the better story here, right? Because if there is one person who had a had a good concert um, with a with a jacket full of light bulbs, like mm. real actual light bulbs, uh, at the Brandenburg Gate, it is that would be David Hasselhoff, mm. right? So, so there you go. Your next David. the next episode, yeah, the top ten. CIA written songs for freedom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hasselhoff. Mm-hmm. I don't understand y'all. I don't understand the fascination with it. But anyways, uh, so we were talking about second division. Oh, yeah. Hello, cars. That's it. The fascination Germans yeah. and cars. That just works. <laughs> Talking car. I mean, say no more. <laughs> Okay, so we always say that this Vita Liga is one of the more interesting leagues that are out there. Um, teams that are right below the top three, which is as follows, Hamburg, Kiel, and uh, Hanover's Exit Neuches. Uh, tied on points with Hanover is uh, Jan Regensburg. Uh, it'd be kind of crazy if another Bavari- a tiny Bavarian club got in there, but right behind them is a team that I would, you know, well, two teams that I would be all going to hope for. At least making the relegation playoffs and not pushing for promotion. Uh, Bochum, I would love it if Bochum, a proper oh, yeah. traditional traditionals van, uh, got right back in the mix of it. Granted, they'd be looking at the same issue that you know Bielefeld, another traditional club, would be looking at. But it'd be lovely to have them back. I mean, Roman, do you have any do you have any old uh, stories about Eintracht versus Bochum? Uh, yeah, Bochum actually was the very first game I watched in the stadium was I think season 89, 90 or something like this was against Bochum and we played a 1-1. Very boring game. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was my first ever stadium experience. So yes, I'm totally with you, Bochum. I would be super happy if Bochum would come back. And the speaking, but ta- speaking about conspiracy theories, do you guys know about the Bielefeld conspiracy theory? Are you aware oh, of yeah. that uh yeah we had i i touched okay, on good. that uh off air talking when we were previewing uh eintracht versus bielefeld uh with uh, our our bielefeld guest so I, I got a little bit of it and i i laughed at it but i still don't understand exactly why it is and eva lotobola who was our guest uh, to preview that match for us uh she she really just hung her head and just shook it and i was like <laughs> i don't understand why everyone is so obsessed with this stupid conspiracy but then again of course it would rub her the wrong way and she's had to explain it to half a hundred different uh podcasts that are talking to her about you know amina bielefeld yeah because it's very very simple you know bielefeld nobody has ever met anybody who is from bielefeld and nobody has ever been there 
So obviously at some point the rumor comes about that if Bielefeld even exists, <laughs> right? Because of all the other bigger cities, you usually know somebody or you know somebody who knows somebody. But with Bielefeld, you know, nobody knows anybody from Bielefeld. I mean, there are people, some people claim to be from Bielefeld, but then you don't know the power of this German CIA, right? The Verfassungsschutz or the uh, military, Militärische Abschirmdienst or the BKI, you know, they can come up with these things. So there's no real proof, really, whether Bielefeld really exists. And then, of course, there's the, the soccer club, which um, I think it's just, uh, yeah, also just supporting the conspiracy theory. True. No, I do look. I as a as a fan of history, and I'll let Chris kind of uh, chime in after that. You know, the sheer fact that uh, when it does come to Bielefeld, who we had our one-one draw in match day one with, you know, I do like the fact that uh, their name derives from the uh, the the leader of the uh, the German quote barbarians you know who defeated the roman army in the battle of the Teutoburg forest was uh is where they get the armenian uh of the club's name from so i mean chris i'll just kind of let you take it from there because i probably just bored everyone senseless with that useless information I'm trying to figure out if this is the german history podcast or the german conspiracy podcast <laughs> either way i'm enjoying it oh we love having fun with this just saying and in case anyone's wondering who's in the relegation zone, or at least fighting against it, um, the fellow Hessian side, the Hessian side that we would love to play against and beat, and for just for no other reason other than to play and to beat, is Darmstadt there in twelfth uh, place. They still have a match to play against Osnabrück. Uh, you know, so who knows mm. whether they'll be moving up, moving down, uh, do that. But uh, uh, the most recent Bundesliga relegation did side in Fortuna. Dusseldorf is actually in the relegation playoffs uh, position. Karlsruhe and Braunschweig are kind of all stuck on four points with Würzburger Kickers uh, down at the bottom who came mm. up through the... Uh, so, like, I should point out that the I said we would touch on the third division, and here we go. Uh, the third division was won by Bayern's reserves. And go figure, there's another Munich team at the very tippy top of that division. They have played, for the most part, seven matches per team. Not everyone, but uh, currently in promotion, the promotion slots and at least on 14 or 13 points, which is kind of where the top two teams are on 13 points, where third to sixth are. Uh, you got 1860 Munich. Uh, rather, in in my eye, a traditional team, Hansa Rostock, oh, yeah. who wouldn't want a, you know, old school East German team? And let's be honest, the only East German team that had a lot of Bundesliga seasons once reunification happened. Now, granted, most of that is some some years gone by, but you know, with uh. The new stadium that they have, well, the redeveloped stadium that they have here is hoping that they can stay up. And then you got uh, Saarbrücken, something called Verl, Roman, maybe you know of them. You got Ingolstadt, and you got Victoria Kuhn uh, on the 13 points, and then Wiesbaden on 12, and then there's a drop before you get to the... And remember, the third division is a 20-team league, unlike the top two Bundesliga divisions, so... Well, now we're going deep down the... the league circus yeah roman i mean if you were a team and 
you wanted someone to play against the DFA Pokal that comes from the third division. All those kind of teams that I mentioned that are running uh, in the running to uh, at least gain promotion to the uh, Zweite Liga. Which what what team kind of resonates with you? Uh, running well, I would okay. So from from the third league, I, my favorite would be something like Kaiserslautern, Dresden, Wiesbaden, of course, for being the the Hessian team. But I think, and 1860, so those would be, so 1860, so Kaiserslautern for, you know, the hate-love relationship that we have, or more hate than love, but, you know. Oh, they are down. They're they're in the shits. Yeah, but uh, Lautern, otherwise Dresden, I think they're always great supporters. Um, Always watch out, you know, that they're not too right-wingy, but I know that they don't have, I mean, they're not usually, but they, anyway, so, yeah. So th- th- those would be my 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 guesses or my wishes, so to say, to the second league. I mean, Dresden Chris, just I, belongs. I can... Dresden, Lautern just belong to the first league uh, for the to the second league at least, right? The same actually exactly. with Munich and Rostock. This former team, you know, they won two titles in the nineties, and the sheer fact that Kaiserslautern uh, was the the what's what's the word for devil in German. Rotten Teufel, the Roten Teufel, Teufel. Rotten Teufel, uh, yeah. K Town, and Chris, as a former GI, you have obviously, you probably have a tiny bit of a soft spot for Kaiserslautern because think of how many GI, how many American, you know, veterans have been stationed in Germany, yeah. and they're like, oh yeah, I love K Town. You know what? what? You know, when I was stationed there, it, it's interesting. <laughs> um, I'd love to see them back because of their their soccer. But all the GIs that go over there, even the ones mm. in Kaiserslautern, they're Bayern fans. So screw them all. You know what? So basically, they they they'll only become fans of Kaiserslautern if Kaiserslautern returns at the big time and sticks around. Because once they built that, they spent all the money on modernizing the stadium to be part of the 2006 World Cup. They basically have been a second division side with only brief forays into the Bundesliga. It's like as though they, that's building the stadium drained them of life. Uh, you know, pick your English club that you want to use that has uh, occurred there. <laughs> but mm. I'd really like some of the teams to come up the table. Look, we beat Benheim, what was it, last year in the DFA Pokal, and, you know, that would be a lovely, not too far away from us club that could you know, one day make the Bundesliga. I'd love it, love it, if Wiesbaden went right back up after being relegated. I'd also like it if Rostock or München also got promoted. But hey, you know, you got two promotion spots. You've got the promotion playoffs. It's kind of risky. I just want to keep the likes of, I don't know, like uh, your Z- I mean, I'd like to see Dresden get promoted back up because it's another city that I believe if they ever got their hands on Bundesliga money and were able to survive even for just a year, I think that would suddenly cause a club with a very in a very big city to suddenly be a potential player. You know, you're you're talking they would then be able to establish themselves in my mind as a mid-table Bundesliga club and possibly move on from there. But, hey, you know what? There's a lot of stuff that's wrong from the old uh, 
There's a lot of weaknesses out there from your reunification days, of which I will not go down that wormhole. We've gone down enough <laughs> with this oh, yeah. Liga, intro to Liga talk. Uh, how about, Roman, we get to talking about Werder Bremen. Uh, in case anyone has forgotten, we played them three times last season when we played them at, at home. Uh, that it, that was twice, in the once in the DAB Pokal and once in in the Bundesliga, Bundesliga being a 2-2 draw. And this is before Vertebrae went into their tailspin of a season. And then we beat them in the Pokal to go, I think was I think that was the quarterfinals that we beat them in. Uh, yeah. to then, uh, well, Brian, the good, the good thing is you got lucky here because I got to drop off in uh, like a few seconds. So I'm, I'm going to be Ooh. quick on Bremen. But of course, I studied in Bremen, so I would have a lot to say about it. But I keep it short. We're going to have a sweet win of a 3-2-0. Um, I think um, they just come to the perfect time. I hope that the Frankfurt squad will want to show a reaction to the Bayern game. And uh, hopefully um, they have some solutions to... Uh, some of the um, some creativity in the in the offense, and I don't believe uh, Bremen has like the kind of defense that that uh, that can really uh, hurt us. And they will try. They're like in this medium position, you know, where they will try to make a game, um, uh, and and they will fail against us. So um, I would say it's a it's a nice three. They will be saying, "Oh, they will be saying to use the quote from Adam Sandler movie." Yeah. Uh, which you can pick in, you can pick out that one rather easily. Oh no, we suck again. <laughs> exactly. So something like this. So yeah, with this prediction, I am very sorry, but I will. I have to drop off, and uh, let's uh, and All we'll right, talk Roman, next week, we and then hopefully the landscape of the world. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll be we'll be talking maybe probably on election day, right, or day after election, or something like this. So will be fun. <sighs> well, oh, gosh. cool. Alrighty, guys. Talk to you guys later. You got it. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone. We thank Roman (laughs) in Bad Fibble for his wonderful analysis on this yet another Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt uh, podcast episode 144. Like I said, we had gone down more than a few wormhole rabbit holes that uh, put us in rather weird spots. And yet here we are, Eintracht versus Werder Bremen is going to be showed on ESPN Plus in the United States. Um, Chris, you and I are going to be really excited. Now, look, I in Kansas City, I normally go to the Kansas City Beer Company, B-I-E-R, because they put the I back in beer. And there are more Bremen fans in my local municipality than there are Frankfurt fans. I find that really insulting. You need to work on your recruiting. But you know what? I'm able to deal with it. Hey, now. Look, uh, there's there's five of us. There are just six Bremen fans, and they're all adults. But at least we got, you know, we got at least one kid who is running around in a Timmy Chandler there jersey. You, go. you know, that's how it starts. <laughs> Gotta start them young. You've, I mean, uh, you can attest to that. How many folks have come through uh, the North Guard? have joined the North Guard over the last couple of seasons to start supporting Detroit City FC. Look at how the look at how Yeah, exactly. Going. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that Vertebrae is going to get relegated and become non-league in, you know, the blink of an eye. That that will take a lot of doing and their 8 points that they've earned this season so far have been well earned. Uh so, an interesting thing about them, uh they did not lose their most 
either of their two most valuable assets after escaping the relegation playoff, which uh, you've gone through that in the physical sense. That's a very, that's a lot of, that's a lot of your livelihood that is sucked out of you as you're at the match. Um, and yet, Werder Bremen is at the higher end of the table. It very much reminds me of Eintracht of 2016-2017. They had very little money to use. We sold off a couple players and were just kind of running on steam. Uh, do you see Werder Bremen in that same limelight as us? Or do you see them as, you know, they just hit the right teams at the right time and here they are? Well, it might be a combination of both. Um, they have one loss through five matches which I think would shock anybody given just how poor they were last year. So they're definitely playing better. They're taking the points they should, uh, and they're earning some points they, they shouldn't. Even against Freiburg and Hoffenheim, even though they're lower in the table, um, they're taking those points from clubs that I think have more talent. But I think they're a little bit of a fraud in the sense that they don't have a lot of goals, seven or eight, I think, but yet, Half of them yep, come from one striker, so they Nicholas Fulkrug. Yeah, I think it's a little and bit not Rachitka, who we thought was going to be sold. Yeah, and you know I think it was Leverkusen who forked over twenty million, and Bremen said no, twenty five, and they said no, and he has not really featured. But I'll point out for Bremen so far, their one match that they have scored more than one goal in was a 3-1 defeat of Schalke, Nofia, and Schalke was down to 10. Brian, you and I could score three goals against Schalke right now. Well, uh, yes, I think, yes, we could. Uh, I've Weirdly, if I strike the ball the right way, I'm very right-footed. Uh, uh, if I strike in the right way, left-footed, I think it's going in. That's all right. I'm left-footed, more so like we got a, both sides it's covered. A rocket. <laughs> <laughs> God, some folks, anyone who's thinking of turning off, please don't. Uh, there's a lot more to follow when it comes to the Eintracht. Werder um, Bremen, just to kind of give an idea of uh, their one loss, was the 4-1 loss to Ver- to Hertha Berlin. I said 3-1 earlier. I stand corrected. Uh, that was a loss at, on match day one. They have not been defeated since. They've beaten Schalke. They've beaten Bielefeld, which, I mean... I actually watched the Bremen Bielefeld match just because I was like, "How the heck did they do that?" And we didn't. That was, ooh, that was. We thought uh, Eintracht versus Bielefeld was ugly. That was, that was jump jumping from the tallest part of a tree, the ugly tree, and getting hit by every single branch coming down. It was bad. It was not. It was. There was a lot there to uh, try and avoid your eyes. So um, to kind of wrap all these things up, Bremen have since uh, followed up those two wins with two draws against Freiburg. I think that that was kind of well-deserved. Hoffenheim, I think that they, were, they could have won it. They also could have lost it. I think when it comes to now that my, I might as well just put out the prediction time right now. I think that the Eintracht versus Werder Bremen match is going to come out to a two nil victory for the Eintracht. We will be uh, celebrating in home because of course Eintracht versus Werder Bremen uh, will be be played behind closed doors, no fans in stadium. 
Chris, what are you thinking for prediction time? I don't know where you and Roman think we are capable of keeping clean sheets. Uh, it's just not what we do ever. And then we talk about how our defense is a weak point right now or a question mark. Uh, I don't believe in the clean sheet for this club just as a rule. But if there's one we might get it, it's going to be this one because Bremen's not scoring a lot of goals. They're playing up to competition, which could hurt us because I think we have more talent. But in the end, I think we put up a lot of goals. I think we're frustrated and we're going to say, hey, this is us. And we got to make up that goal differential eventually. This might be a chance to do it. So I'm going to say we win by a whopping 5-1. to one. Whew. Bloody hell. Might as well be. Let's see. We need that it. That means that Hinteregger has to score at least one. Silva gets two. Doss gets one. Are you thinking that Kamada really is going to score? Okay. It might be the whiskey now because we've been doing this a while. But I'm going to go <laughs> with a Bass Dost hat trick. Two off the corner. One with his foot. Oof. Uh, it must be the whiskey. It must be because I can see uh, if Silva, like if we were to stick with your scoreline, I would see the scoring go like this. Silva with two, one with Kamada, one with Dost, and one with Hinterreger. I don't really care who gets it. I don't care if Trap gets them all. <laughs> Just score some damn goals. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Actually, that would be the probably the funniest thing if uh, Trap ended it up like you know just lofting a long <laughs> free kick in there and just you know well I guess that technically would go down as an own goal but uh, it would be it'd be quite interesting. So I need it to be I over by the half because I have some college mm. football at noon. So let's get it done. Who? Michigan, Michigan Who? State. Wait, really? Yes, really. That thing's that thing's really that early in the day. It's basically making sure that you know fans are already in the United States, already not allowed to do tailgating. So it kind of don't matter what time you play. It's more of a, you know, let's get you know let's let the fans kind of enjoy it more. Two <sighs> thirty is what it should be. But I'll say you uh, where you can find iTruck Frankfurt is Flow Sports app. You can also follow. Uh, the Eintracht in Germany, that's Sky Sports Bundesliga. You can also follow Eintracht in the United States, that's ESPN Plus. In Canada, that is, of course, Sportsnet Now. And, of course, on in the UK and Ireland, that is uh, BT Sports. So uh, that is our predictions. That is our anticipation. And uh, from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Crickford, thank you for listening to episode 144. And in the meantime, cheers. Cheers. Hey, I'm